When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Everybody's a Free Agent Now edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will. And uh, we know what happened. I, I, I called it perfectly, incidentally, on the uh, White Sox. Do we, uh, do, do, do we pick up the option moves? It wasn't hard to say they would pick up any of them, but I also predicted they would try very hard, or I said I hope they would try very hard to trade Tim before their five days were up, um, because that way they could get something, even a hot dog vendor, they could get something rather than absolutely nothing. But Tim is gone, Liam's gone. Not that they can't come back um, on different contracts. Um, Having a one-year contract with Liam makes no sense. He's not going to be able to pitch until... September probably if, if that uh yeah I I think there's no way those guys are coming back I one for the White Sox I just don't think they're actually interested in getting any of those guys back but I also think those guys I mean they must just be running for the hills now that they're out of that organization I, I, I would think anybody would yeah uh Tim Tim came out I we both looked at the top 50 free agents from MLB trade rumors, which is certainly not be all and endable, but it's as good as anybody's list. Nobody's yeah. list is better than anybody else's. And those guys are really good. They're usually very good at predicting totals that, that you know, somebody will get five years and $150 million. They're good at that kind of thing. Uh, I think they missed Xander Bogarts last year by $91 million, but they're close most of the time. And they've underdid, they underdid, uh, Manny Machado, for example. And when you're at the top of that market, there's so much room to go. I think they're, they're going over $500 million for Otani. Interesting one they had was 12 years for Cody Bellinger. 12 years. Can you imagine signing well, he's Bellinger the young, for He's the youngest years. free agent you could imagine. Oh, my but, gosh. Yeah, I, But I, he's not that young. He's 28. So the, I think there was twelve. I, I don't have that one written down here, but it's it's. I think it was twelve years and two hundred forty million, something along those lines. I cannot imagine signing Bellinger to a deal like that. Great bounce back season. Bellinger did everything right to earn himself a good contract after just being terrible his last year with the Dodgers. Uh, but that, I mean, talk about rolling the dice on someone for 12 years. That's crazy. You want, you're telling me there are teams right now who would want 40 year old Cody Bellinger. That's what, but that's the market. I mean, it is a bad free agent market. It's a, for particularly for, for hitters or position players. It, it, it's and pitchers. Pretty good pitching. pitchers out there. There are, pretty de- there are some pretty good pitchers out there. It is definitely not a, a feast of starting pitching. 
the the aces for the but most it's, part but it's, are but it's, off but the it's, market. It's not bad, you know. Uh, it, it, it's not bad, but the hitting is it's it's really and the middle infield. I think Tim might get a good deal. They they have Tim at number fifty of their fifty. Uh, one year, twelve million, and that's what it'll have to be. That be one of those. Uh, yeah. Show me, show me years. Yeah, uh, which... and from his point of view too, to have a good season, and then, I mean, he's only thirty. Have a good season, and then maybe pick up a four or five year deal uh, after that. Yeah, Tim did the reverse Bellinger uh, in what was becoming a contract year, which was having the worst season of your career. Uh, so he really put himself in a, a very tight spot. Somebody will definitely take him. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, if, I, think... I don't know if it'll be a good team that takes him for 12 million or if he's going to end up in a smaller mid market with, with an $8 million deal. Um, well, on their chat, but... on, the, on that, on the MLBTR chat, uh, there were a couple questions about Tim. That was the only thing that had the White Sox at all, I think. Um, uh, and, well, the guy, the, the professional, the the guy from the from the from the sites suggested that while there may be some major market people who are looking for shortstop slash second base, when he's probably getting up at second base, it's not a good shortstop. Yeah. Uh, he suggested, and then somebody asked about Miami because Miami's got middle infield problems, and he suggested that might be something Tim really likes to get out from. The huge major market spotlight pressure to have a chance yeah. to go back and, and regroup personally. I think that makes sense. Now, when you've had the big spotlight, do you give it up? Now, politicians can't. Maybe ball players can't either. In a uh, contract year, you know, because he is only going to get a one year deal. I mean, there's there's no way he's getting yeah. more than that. So, I I do think that. You're you're possibly right about him. Another big thing is playing time. You know, to prove that you are worth more money, you have to be on the field and you have to be producing. If you go to a place like, let's say, Los Angeles, New York, those places are going to pull you off the field sooner at that price point than other teams will. A lot of other teams, if they're going to pay you $12 million per year, let's say $10 million per year, they're going to try to keep you on the field and, and give you that chance. If you go to a place like the Dodgers, Yankees, you're making $12 million. That's kind of chump change for them in a lot of ways. So if you're not producing, you could find yourself gone. Uh, you could certainly find yourself in a limited bench role, which makes it a lot harder to get that four-year contract, a lot harder to build back that faith in, in what you can do. I think Tim is actually a really interesting free agent. And he's a guy, you know, we, you mentioned he was 50th on the list. And he's a guy that has the potential to be someone who should have been 15th on the list. But he also has the potential to be someone who could have, should have been 75th on the list. So it it really is going to be a fascinating year for Tim Anderson. I I think if he and his representation are smart, they will go to a place where he is definitely going to play every day, uh, probably at second base. Not Uh, that he's ever done that, you understand. 
in the last right. six years because he's, he's injured play, at the play time. every day. Yeah, have the opportunity to play every day if he's healthy so that he can possibly get a bigger contract because the last thing he wants is to go to one of the major teams uh, and get played off the field or end up in a utility role uh, where he doesn't get to – uh, bat at least, you know, on a regular basis. He, he's not going to get his next big contract from his glove, most likely. But, you know, if you can get Tim Anderson for 10 to 12 million and the dude jumps back up to even 280, 290, uh, if he really and takes the occasional, to his old ways, t- takes the occasional walk. Well, that's not going to happen. So you got to <laughs> take that out of the equation. But if he can get up, but Tim Anderson's metrics are truly terrible. I mean, that season was awful. I think I read he was he, his ground ball rate was something around 70%. Over 60%. It, it was over worst, 60%. Over 60%. It was the worst in the major leagues of regulars anyway by 4%. Wow. You can't get the ball off the ground. So it's not it's not like he's hitting line drives. You know, well he's not hitting homers anymore. Well, a lot of people don't hit homers anymore and they're very valuable. Uh but everything's on the ground, even with the new rules on uh, positioning. That's not a good sign. You better hit it 105 miles every time, and his hard hit rate was way down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, yeah, it was I mean, just bad all the way around. I, well, you think, I, I, I don't think he wanted to play. No. Particularly once the season started out, utter crap, both for him and for the team. And then, I mean, why did that, that stupid thing with, with – uh, Jose Ramirez, that's just, it's just embarrassing. So embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I did just read that, that Getz has said that nobody is off the table. He did um, say that. Now, what that means is Luis Roberts off the table and everyone else is up for grabs. I, yeah, I, I, I just, would not be surprised to see Cease go. I think Cease will go. I do. I think Cease will go, and I think Cease should go. I, I think you can still get something for him. Um, Luis Robert, yes, you would get a historic haul in terms of what the White Sox could get. But that contract for his skill set is so team-friendly that you would have to be crazy as the White Sox to let that contract go. Yes, you would get a lot because it's so friendly, but prospects are prospects, and you know they are not sure things. And the last thing you want. Well, I, I think I think for him, you wouldn't just get prospects. I, you I wouldn't think you just get prospects, but you're. It's not like you're going to trade Luis Robert and you're going to get another Luis Robert. What you're going to get is some guys worse than Luis Robert and some prospects who could be Luis Robert. I mean, you would get top prospects. You would. You're not dealing with somebody's eighth best prospect in their system. You're getting one and twos. But his deal is so friendly that it would be insane to get rid of him because if you get rid of him, there's nothing to watch on the field, one thing, uh, with this White Sox team. You get rid of him, you've got no face of the franchise. And you have to have some face of the franchise, and it's got to be Luis Robert at this point. You know, I think it's Pedro Grafal. <laughs> I don't because I was looking at I was looking at the list of new coaches and I definitely it took me a second to realize which one was Grafal 
So <laughs> that tells me that he's not necessarily the face of the franchise. I, you know, I'm bummed that we have Grafal for another year. I'm bummed we have Cats for another year. Honestly, if I'm being totally honest, I would have liked to have seen everybody go. Uh, that being said, Grafal and Cats are the two that I can be like, okay, we'll, we'll do this. It's not like next year is a winning year anyway. Uh, you might as well give these guys a chance to, to prove something as well. Uh, I definitely think Dylan Cease could go. I, I think it would be really smart to get rid of Dylan Cease right now. Uh, you, you really roll the dice on him coming out and having an underwhelming year, and then you get nothing for Dylan Cease. He's, he's in a very friendly situation contract-wise. Teams, I think, I think you're talking about very good prospects and, and a you know, potential decent major leaguer in return. Uh, but I think you've got to try to get rid of Dylan Cease now. You've got no chance of, of winning next year. There is no chance of winning next year. That's not what they say in all the releases that I get about buying season tickets. Oh, really? Interesting. Uh, I can't believe they're even selling tickets next year with the team that we're putting on the field. But uh, Luis Robert has to stay. I, I think if you get rid of Luis Robert, you are telling your fan base, see you in 2030. Uh, I, I just we're pretty close. Yeah, yeah. No, there's it, there's it, no light sure. at the end of the tunnel if you get rid of Luis Robert. You build a team around a guy like Luis Robert. You do, and then you hope something happens. Back to the list. One spot ahead of TA, a player who probably can't play in 2024. Liam comes in at 49, and they're pretty obviously a two-year contract because there's no sense giving him a one-year contract. So two years, twelve million. They like the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, Red Sox. There are a lot of teams that, that can use Liam Hendricks in twenty twenty five, and yeah, possibly definitely. at the end of twenty twenty four. I mean, they'd have him around. Plus, he's such a good clubhouse presence, which which White Sox, of course, have none of. But he, he he's just so gung ho about everything. I think, he, particularly for a young team like the Diamondbacks. Uh, He's, he'd really be not that they aren't going home, but obviously, <laughs> but uh, just keep them, keep them that way, keep them going, going, going. Even though they, hey, we, we've accomplished this. Well, no, you haven't. Come on, uh, that's his kind of thing. The other uh, White Sox-related players, Raylo, uh, Ronaldo Lopez, are predicting to the Twins, so we make it to see him here for uh, three I'm, years. I'm fine time. with that. Uh, three years and thirty million. He had a good year. Um, Giolito at number seventeen, going two years, forty-four, and they're and they, of course, who the people go to is total wild card. There's each guy has yeah, his own bet. yeah. Uh, Mets, Orioles, uh, somebody else in there who's like, my handwriting so bad I can't see. But Orioles, Orioles would be a perfect thing. The Orioles are desperate for pitching. What did you say his his predicted price point was? Two for twenty four, two forty four. Oh, oh, have we? Oh, (laughs) I mean, I realize baseball money is very inflated now, and and guys just get goo gobs of money no matter what it seems. But 
Wow, I don't know that I would pull the trigger on Lucas Giolito at twenty-two million a year right now. I mean, well, he was, he, of course, he was good, good for the Sox until until the trade deadline, and then he completely fell apart both uh, both in Los Angeles and in Cleveland. Uh, yeah, and I mean, fell apart. That was uh, <laughs> yeah. he was he was one of the worst in baseball during that span. Maybe that's just adjusting to change of scenery or, or something like that, but he, he was truly dreadful. I'm actually surprised he's as high on that list as he is given. But, he, you know, he has shown us in the past that he's a good pitcher and can be a good pitcher. So get him he to a place good. with great pitching coaching and allow him to get some comfort. Um, I, I think there's a chance he, he could be a guy worth a decent amount of money, but I, I, I don't – I mean, maybe because they're so desperate, Baltimore is going to be willing to spend that kind of money on him. But I don't know. Baltimore is not a huge contract team, and that is a pretty big contract. Um, The Mets, of course, seem like the right kind of people to make that bad (laughs) move. Uh, They seem to only make bad moves or questionable moves. Um yeah, I, I don't know. And and there's a world where, you know, he could take a pay cut and come to the White Sox, but I also don't see that happening. No, I, I don't think that's coming. Uh, at their number 30 point, we left out he who should not be named, they're predicting two years, 26. So much less than Giolito, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, the double Tommy John surgery is still going to kind of linger, even though Yavaldi certainly showed us in the World Series that you can be elite after a second Tommy John. Um, but he's kind of the, the shining example. And uh, Clevenger is is definitely not quite at that level. But he, he will land somewhere, and I, I think he'll probably be right around that price point. I think that's that's exactly right. Of all the players now coming in, again, the predictions would be wildly off base on any of this. It really looks, they think, as a group, that the Tigers are going to be more aggressive than anybody else in the AL Central. Mm. And I think that's probably true. And I think the Tigers could actually be, at least within the division, pretty good next year. Yeah, yeah. Because they they were missing our entire starting pitching staff almost for most of the year, those guys are due back. Uh, yeah. And, and they're, they are, they are doing a, a pretty good rebuild in terms of young talent as well. I mean, the biggest thing the the Tigers have going against them is that Javi Baez picked up his option. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that's the one where they were sitting there being like, come on, Javi, come on, come on. Don't take it. Don't take it. Uh, and of course he took it because it's worth a trillion dollars. So why would he? Why would he not take it? Well, and on the other side on that, if they're going for these young pitchers back, and the the these guys see him as being in on Sonny Gray and Flaherty and and, and several other of, of the pitching choice of Tiger Molly, uh, number of of pitching options out there. Bias is still a though he's flaky, a premier defender. Yeah, he throws the ball into outer space, but yeah. He's he certainly has the ability to make outstanding plays and play solid defense, but he also has a wild arm and swings at stuff that I think they Oh, it's they, crazy. 
It's they crazy. throw it in Detroit, and it ends up in Minneapolis, and he swings. <laughs> his 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 swings at sliders yeah. are just comical. I, mean, I watch a game on TV, and they're playing against the Tigers. I'm going, you throw him a strike? Why the hell do you throw him a strike? Yeah, <laughs> never no throw him a strike. That. If you're not throwing a slider that's landing on uh, on or around first base, I don't know why you're why you're throwing that to Hoppy Bias. Now, the ones that they think the White Sox, at least one of them, thinks the White Sox would be in on that. Well, here, let's 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 take our break real quick, and we'll we'll go with the guys that okay. we, we think are going to come to the White Sox, and we'll also talk a little bit about the free agent, where none of this matters until this particular man <laughs> decides where he's going to go, uh, because I think this year more than any free agency really depends on on one guy's decision. Well, the top the top of the free agent market does. Yeah, yeah. The the lower range guys can go wherever, but the the top of the market depends on one guy and you'll never guess who it is. We'll be right back <laughs> on Sharing Socks. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We talked about the White Socks and White Sox adjacent players on the free agency market. Now we're going to talk about the guys that MLB Trade rumors thinks could end up at the White Sox. The Who top one, the top one they have as possible, and it's one choice out of three, uh, is the number 11, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. But they have Erod as four years and 82 million, which sounds sensible, incidentally. He's been very good. White Sox are not going four years and 82 million on a pitcher. That's, that's that not would be, happen. as we know, that would be the largest contract in White Sox history, and it's not going to happen. And next, they have the next one, number 12, going from pitchers to hitters, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, four years and 80. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So then we drop way down to number 28. And this, is a, this one's possible. I think this one really is. Uh, Yariel Rodriguez, who has been playing in Japan, but he's Cuban. Oh, yes, and yes, yes. Yeah. They have him at four years and 32 million, and two out of three picked the White Sox for that. And I think that's a possible. I, th- yeah. I think that's very possible. Well, those are uh, White Sox numbers. I'm actually questioning the credibility of this list that they would have two 80 million plus guys going to the White Sox. I mean, well, I'm, I'm sure the same one or the other, you know. But but, but I, I I think Rodriguez, you're desperate for starting pitching. He's a starting pitcher. He's done well in Japan. Uh, was on the Cuban national team for several years. He's still pretty young. Uh, I I can see that one as a possibility. And then we go down to one where everybody said it's the White Sox. And this, of course, has been the rumor forever and ever and ever and ever with Merrifield. Yeah, I saw that. Everybody predicted him going to the White Sox. Why does everyone think he's going to the White Sox? Well, it's been, it's been in the press. It's been everybody's going to the White Sox. are really in on Whit Merrifield. They really want Whit Merrifield since long before I mean, obviously, the White Sox couldn't say it because it would have been tampering, but since long before the season was over, also Salvi Perez, who's not in the top 50. Uh, I do, we think the, do we think the Merrifield thing is just like, oh, because we saw him do well against us for so long, we like the and, look And of he him. is. I mean, he's a White Sox killer and, and, and has been. I, I That seems like it. Uh, I looked at his defensive numbers. They have not been good the last couple of years. Oh, he's uh, he's old. He, well, he's thirty. He's going to be thirty-five, which is not you should not be calling that old anymore. 
Uh, but but come on, that that's uh, not prime. You're not in your prime <laughs> in Major League Baseball at 35. No, and uh, his, his defensive number is not good anywhere. I think I figured out what it is because of the perennial problem. Now he does play both right field and second base, which is uh, perennial problems for the White Sox I mean, forever here. I think maybe they think they can get him to play both positions at once. Save a little money. Because it's only- quite, quite, quite possible that the White Sox didn't notice the rule change that says that your infields have to be playing on the dirt. Yeah. And figure he could play like the second baseman did against left-handed power hitters. You know, halfway well, out to here's right the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Does the right fielder have to be in the grass? I don't think so, no. Well, there you go. If you don't list him as the second baseman, but list him as the right fielder, he can play wherever you want. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And Luis Robert, now with a Benintendi was pretty bad in left field, but it's not the same thing as having a boy out there or Vaughn or somebody. So you could move Luis over toward, you know, right center, and he's pretty good as we know he can cover that whole thing uh, he got, so, he's got it all so there, yeah there's a big there's a big payroll saving right there i what's the numbers prediction on merrifield uh 218 so that's well within Sox money yeah and that's actually a really good price for him if you know if if you can get him at nine million dollars a year i definitely think Whit merrifield is is a guy worth that I would not pay more than that, but and somebody might. Um, I don't think the White Sox will. Yeah, he, so. he really is, even though his defensive numbers are not great lately. He he is capable of playing anywhere in the outfield, really not center, but he can play either corner or outfield. He can play second base. You can probably throw him a third if you needed to. Uh, I'm not sure what he is like. I'm not implying negativity at all. I just don't know. As the clubhouse leader, as being being the uh, the senior presence yeah. in the clubhouse, because especially if they don't re-sign Elvis, there's nobody. And I don't think they will. Um, yeah, he would be the oldest member of the White Sox, right? If he if he joined the team, oh yeah, I oh, yeah. I, I think by quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I you know talk about not getting pumped about anything is this list of free agents, <laughs> two of which I think we're not going to get. And uh, two of which I think we could get. And the only one I'm kind of excited about is, is the, the Cuban player who's been playing in Japan. Um, sure. Yeah. Get Merrifield. If you can get him for 9 million bucks, take him. Um, I don't think there's a lot of value there, but he he has been a very very good major league baseball player for a long time, and it's probably worth at an affordable rate uh, trying to trying to get him just to put bodies on the field. I mean, the White Sox and, have and kind of been a bodies I, on the field scenario. I've always been impressed with him as seeming to be a very smart baseball player. 
And Lord knows the White Sox can use smart baseball players because I think, in general, they're dumb. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from bad coaching, too. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you can teach baseball smarts. You can teach baseball IQ, and I just don't think the White Sox do. I do think Merrifield probably has a very, very high baseball IQ. And that, of course, is is a valuable thing to bring in with a veteran presence, no doubt about that. So I, I'm not against a Whit Merrifield, Whit Merrifield signing, but it does not, you know, it's not going to help me get up in the morning and watch a White Sox game. Uh, probably, probably not good. Now, the other thing that's big occurred, they just announced, we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, on Tuesday, they announced this whole list of the new coaches, which is like 143 yes. guys. They didn't list any new research and development kind of people. So we hope maybe they remember you're supposed to have one of those departments, but they may not. Yeah, it kind of looks like they're just going with the same game plan um, in terms of staffing. It's There's some different guys, but not necessarily guys that I'm super excited okay. about. Grady Sizemore is called a major league coach. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I, I have you know, no Grady, idea. Grace, yeah, I think it's just picking up another guy that killed the White Sox every time he played him. It so. seems like it because that – have, signing, signing Grady Sizemore and just calling him major league coach is so baffling to me. I mean, apparently he's going to be doing base running. Base running um, and outfield, yeah. Which, of course, we could use coaching on. <laughs> so if if they they clearly see something about Grady Sizemore, he was a good ball player. Um, so maybe that's an interesting signing. But when you're talking about just base running and outfield, you're not going to see any sort of monumental impact from your major league coach. Uh, uh, the only other yeah. name that I really recognize is Marcus Thames, who was a good ball player in his day. Uh, but the interesting thing is they've stepped up. Uh, you probably noticed this. Uh, most of the commenters have. Now, last time around, it was all Kansas City all the time, which, of course, with Merrifield goes back to that. But as far as all the coaching, everybody came in from Kansas City. You go, why do we want to get all these people from places that are worse than us but this time it's almost all angels that's the, the jess barfield connection and the oh. angels are actually slightly better as far as their wow record. now the fact that you can are, even say that sentence is, now, is, is there a debate over the most dysfunctional team in major league baseball no the white Sox have it made is there a debate over the second most dysfunctional team in major league baseball <laughs> No, the Angels have that pretty well right. <laughs> yeah. So 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 the I figure by twenty forty two we'll be getting staff from top teams. You know, from Houston and Atlanta and, and, and the Dodgers and, and uh Texas and, and whatnot. But it's another twenty years away. Yeah, definitely. Uh filling your staff with people from the angels is just, <laughs> I, I I don't even know how to respond to that. Like <laughs> it, it just, it, it's so weird. It's like, Oh, well we're a disaster, but let's see how much of a disaster we can be. <laughs> let's, let's go out there and get guys who are, I, I, here's what I'll say. Those coaches are probably comfortable with discomfort. 
So maybe bringing them into the White Sox organization. They're not going to be shocked at how poorly it's run because the Angels are horribly run. So maybe they will walk in and be like, this feels like home. And and they will be very comfortable in their coaching positions. Speaking of or the it Angels. It could, could be that that's the only place the White Sox could find people willing to come. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I, I think we can even take that out of your hypothesis bracket and put it in your correctly uh, guess bracket. Uh, speaking of the Angels, we have to talk about uh, a guy who will definitely not be an Angel next year. Um, uh, there's, there's some speculation that, that they're going to give it a run. Yeah, and I'm sure all of those comments were coming from somebody named, you know, C.Angel on the comment threads <laughs> because I just don't see a world in any way where Shohei Otani decides I don't want to go to the playoffs for my entire major league career uh, and, and go back to the Angels. This year, the top free agents aren't going anywhere until we know where Shohei Otani lands. The White Sox have already illegally said they're not pursuing Otani. I was uh, shocked. Yeah, shocked, shocked that they're not going to give away a contract worth $450 million more than the highest contract they've ever given out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Bob Nightingale has said that the Cubs are planning on being the most aggressive pursu- pursuer of Otani. Uh I don't really see a world where he goes to the Cubs. Uh, it's possible they already have a Japanese player who's who's a, a somewhat star in Suzuki. That could be appealing to him. Um, I think if Otani goes to the Cubs, the White Sox should just move like they've been threatening. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, that talk Nashville about. Falling. Talk about a disparity in attendance numbers, probably unlike anything we've ever seen uh, from these two teams, and I'm including 2016 in that. Uh, if Otani goes to the Cubs, you might as well not have a team on the south side next year. They're, they will be – I mean, the good news is people won't be paying attention to how bleak it is on the south side. Nobody will be writing about it or caring about it or watching or attending or looking because – I think even most of your White Sox fans are going to be trying to get tickets to go to the, to go to Wrigley to see Otani. Uh, as a as a Los Angeles Dodgers fan, uh, as my my second team of preference, I gotta say it would be pretty devastating for him not to end up in Los Angeles. I know MLB trade rumors all all three of them predicted Otani goes to the Dodgers. Uh, it, it makes the most sense, but. You know, obviously you've heard this before, but we've never seen a guy like this on the free agency market um, since Babe Ruth, and that was a very different scenario and different time I period. I don't believe there was a free agency market at the time. There was not. Um, so quite quite different, but uh, Otani, you're dealing with a guy who just having him on your team – is worth whatever that number is because of the money that comes in from the international fan base, from merchandise sales. I mean, if if you can get an Otani jersey that says Dodgers on the front of it, that will be the best-selling jersey in all of sports. Uh, if you can get one that says New York, not Queens, but the Bronx on the front of it, that's going to be the best-selling jersey in all of professional sports. Uh, well, I think either New, either New York team would work. And yeah. the Giants, it would work. Yeah, 
So Otani is a guy who is undoubtedly worth the money, even if he is just a DH forever. I mean, he's going to be a good DH for 10, 12 more years. He's going to get a massive contract. It will be the biggest contract in the history of the game. Could end up being the biggest contract in the history of professional sports. Likely will be. Um, I, What's the biggest I, soccer contract? I, I, they have some absolutely humongous. What does Messi get? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's not probably not getting that from uh, Inter-Miami. But in the past, no, but it's, it's, it's possible yeah. he's gotten it uh, from Barcelona, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, more, I'm more meant in the history of North American sports. Uh, when you're talking about soccer, that's a whole other, that's a whole other <laughs> creature in, in other parts of the world. Otani going to the Cubs would be the most devastating thing for me as a baseball fan that could happen uh, for 2024. I would just be devastated to see that guy in a jersey that says Chicago on the front in red, white, and blue and not black and white. That that would just be brutal. I think Otani most likely goes to the Dodgers. I think there's a chance he could go to a place like the Giants. I, I think West Coast teams generally are far more appealing to Japanese players. If you can get a big deal, it's just an easier situation to and from Japan. Uh, for your fans, for your family, for your friends, larger, larger Japanese communities, Pop- populations by far, uh, not even close. I, I, you know, my big fear is that he goes to the Yankees. Uh, my second biggest fear is he goes to the Cubs. Uh, but I do think Otani will land uh, on the West Coast, likely in Los Angeles. Now, I should point out that there may be the Cubs may have been working on this for some time. Of course, they couldn't say they were doing that. But as you know, live just over a mile from Wrigley Field. And in our immediate neighborhood, and more since you moved from this area, we got to have 20 Japanese restaurants. I mean, they're everywhere. And I think that probably that was the Cubs coming in and laying the groundwork, making loans to guys who, who needed to be able to afford their sushi. Um, well, if if that's the case, then the Dodgers have been working on Otani for a hundred years uh, <laughs> because I think uh, your 20 Japanese restaurants within walking distance can be upped by the 700 within walking distance <laughs> of my apartment right now. Uh, I, I'm not sure the sushi is going to do it. Plus, Midwest sushi, you're telling me that Shohei Otani, if he even eats sushi, I don't know. But if he does, you're telling me he's going to eat Midwest sushi? I don't think so. I don't think I so. Th- you- I th- think they'll fly it in directly from Tokyo. Boom. Well, that is, I mean, if he is eating sushi in Chicago, yes, it is being flown in from Tokyo. There is there is no doubt about that. Uh, gosh, I just really hope he doesn't go to the Cubs. If, yeah. if Ota- <laughs> I, I do, too, and I'd have a chance to see him just walking uh, for 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, although you wouldn't because you'd be priced out of the tickets. <laughs> because that's true. the StubHub market, if Otani is on the Cubs, is going to be astronomically higher than it was this previous year. Uh, I have a ticket hookup with the Dodgers, so my hope is that he comes to the Dodgers so I can see Otani play for free. 
Um, but yes, none of these major free agents will fall into place until the Shohei Otani saga is over. And it is really just sort of starting to begin. I mean, we we're we're not at any point where Shohei has really made any hints at what he's thinking. We haven't I don't think there's been any offers or, or anything like that. I, I on think, the I table think an yet. article or I, I guess it was in the chat on MLBTR that uh, somebody asked this a question about that was related to it. And, and they were saying, you know, most players for quite a while after the season are very quiet about what's going on. And they said Otani much more so than anybody else. He just really doesn't talk at all. Uh, yeah. Even, and and even, I do even think to the Japanese I, market. And I think his decision will 100% depend on just where he wants to play. I, I don't think there's a world where if somebody offers him 600 million and somebody offers him 500 million, he's taking 600 no matter what. It's just not, I think, in his nature. I've, I, you know, I've been around him very, very just nodding in the hallway kind of thing. And he is, he is such a, a classy, and hardworking and and fantastic player and human that I think when you talk about that kind of money, um, not only as a player, but also culturally, he is going to go where he wants to play. It's still going to be a half billion dollars. Yeah, so talking- I think as, as long as it is the biggest contract ever, because that's an ego thing. All, all players want to, each player wants to outdo all the previous ones. I think it has to be the biggest ever. And it should be the biggest ever by a margin where he feels it's probably going to stay that way for a while. Well, uh, and I think I and, think but at that point, what's, I mean, what's the difference between five hundred million and five hundred twenty? You know, exactly, exactly. You, you can eat pretty well, and your kids can, and your grandkids, and your great grandkids, and your great 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 grandkids. So it's. It's and fundamental. I was I was talking to a, a couple of my Japanese coworkers uh, with the Dodgers, and they were both like, "Look, it is also very much a cultural thing. the The idea of taking six hundred million over five hundred million, they're like, it's just not going to be a thing for him. Uh, it's going to be really based on on where he wants to play. Sure, yes, he's going to want the biggest contract of all time. He's going to get that." On the on the lowest projections, he's going to scorch the biggest contract of all time. So I think when you get up to the half billion dollar range versus five fifty, five seventy five, five twenty five, six hundred, I I don't think those numbers are are going to. If he really doesn't want to be the a Yankee and the Yankees offer him five seventy five and the Dodgers offer him five hundred, I think he's going to the Dodgers. Uh, he he just seems to to function that way. When you're talking about numbers that big, it it just doesn't matter uh, if you're getting an extra twenty five million dollars. Um, a big thing will be the length of that contract, which I think is going to be the most interesting aspect of this whole Shohei thing. Because I not only think he's going to get the largest contract money wise, he he might get the most years anyone's ever gotten, which. Uh, currently, I think it's 13 years. Um, yeah. it, it could be 14, but I'm pretty sure it's 13. And, uh, you know, you give him a 14-year deal, and you're talking about Shohei up through age, what, 42? Um, that's tricky. Uh, also, also, there's the question uh, that has become popular just, I think, in the last few years. It's become really popular 
uh, in MLB contracts is, is the opt-out. Right. Yeah. I mean, very popular. There, there are a few deals signed by stars anymore that do not have opt-outs. Um, it's, it's very, very rare. Now, I don't know where that would fall in the process of a 14-year deal or something <laughs> like that. But, you know, you're obviously – you're not going to say we're giving him 13 with an opt-out at 14. Um, so I'm not sure. It will be at least 10 years. I, I don't see a world where Shohei is taking a deal that is under 10 years. It could be nine. I think their, their prediction was 12. Sounds yeah. reasonable. 12 makes sense. Then you have them up to 39 or 40 years old. We see a lot of contracts now that go to someone's age 40. Uh, and they are usually, usually bad contracts at the end. But yes, in his terrible. case, as, as in several of the others, it's so valuable early that you just eat that. Yeah. We, I mean, we have. And, and, never... part of, and, part, and part of what you're doing in making it 12 or 14 or 26 year contract is just spreading out the. Uh, luxury tax. Yeah. Yeah. Ab- so, that, absolutely. So, that you, so that you're not hitting those barriers or at least the tops of those barriers uh, as you go along. You say, oh, we're, not, we're only paying them you know, 30 million this year, whatever. And and uh, you could also see a team do the type of structuring where they're paying him $26 million for the rest of his life. Um, it it oh, could yeah. be structured like that so that teams can continue to build a team around him without having 50 million a year on one player on the payroll uh, where that, you know, we Bobby Benia being the famous example uh, of a guy who I think is going to get paid. I for love Bobby Benia day. <laughs> Bobby Benia day is the best day in all of baseball. Um, uh, before we, we are out of time, um, but I do want to point out that we have a new baseball league coming to the world. Uh, if you've not been paying attention, there is going to be uh, a new baseball league in in the Middle East. And uh, Bartolo Colon was a first-round draft pick, uh, which, I mean, Bartolo Colon, who I think is 85 uh, and weighs 85 plus 300, uh, is going to be playing professional baseball again elsewhere in the world. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a who's who of who was in Major League Baseball. Robinson having, Cano. Having, having played several years of baseball in the Middle East, uh, I can tell you that for a lot of those places, including Dahran, where I, I was, uh, summers are warm. So yeah. are they playing? Are they going to play this in the winter? That's what would make sense. We we played baseball in the winter. You would have to. I we, mean, we, Bartolo we actually, we actually played basketball in the summer because we could be inside air conditioned yeah. gyms. I I think with a guy like Bartolo Colon, I don't think he's pitching in 121 degrees at age 90. So I I would assume they're they're playing in the winter, but I actually I I don't know for sure. But the good news is, and the reason I bring this up is, we are going to have an opportunity for a second home run from Bartolo Colon. I don't know the rules or how hitting will work or anything like that. I have no clue what baseball in this league will look like. But just the fact that we could get a second Bartolo Colon home run just amps you as a baseball fan. I remember the one and only, one of the greatest moments in the history of the game. 
yeah, you gotta love Bartolo, and I'm I'm excited that he's gonna keep playing baseball somewhere. Uh, with what seems like it will be uh, a slightly elevated version of a men's rec league. Uh, you know, a lot of these ma- retired Major League Baseball players continue to play in these rec leagues when they're older. There's a great video, actually, of Jason Worth uh, playing in a men's rec league, and I think that ball still hasn't landed. Uh, but, yeah, so there will be new baseball next year, uh, which is, is very fascinating, weird. Um, I don't know why it's happening. I can't imagine there's a huge draw for, you know, Robinson Cano in the Middle East, but maybe there is. Um, but we will certainly be following that, and I think it will be an interesting thing to talk about if it actually even happens. I, I don't know. But they have drafted their players. Most of the first round was MLB players who were very, very good at one point and are now in their 40s. Uh, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to watch some old-timers ball happening in the Middle East next year, which should be pretty exciting. That is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will be here as free agency unfolds um, and, and be talking White Sox baseball throughout that process. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on Sharing Socks.